that bass drops in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we are so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you are one of our geeks in sneaks, using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to be with you. The only way we know how, by being in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness. Because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsor this week, Brooklinen. Brooklinen bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games. And there are many forms games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend, Slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy whose comic book has been successfully kickstartered. What? Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Welcome back, man. Welcome. Thank you. That was the that was the back. first time I've uh, spoken at that volume and uh, intensity level in a couple of weeks, and uh, it, it started out, and I was like, oh, maybe I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, I need to pull back a little bit. This is the first podcast I've uh, I've done since uh, since having vocal cord surgery. So it's good to have you back. Uh, you can keep you. the the booms, you know, quieter. The bass is still dropped in, and uh, yeah, I didn't get to talk about it last week because um, it wasn't live and I wasn't able to get it up. But I have launched. Um, I wrote and created my very first comic book. It is called Consequences. It is on Kickstarter. You can find a link to it on my Twitter. It's pinned also on my website, christianspicer.com. There's a handy link there. If you just go to kickstarter.com, search my name or consequences, you can find it. And this thing's been years in the making. Uh, Jeff, you've seen some behind the scenes stuff of it. And I'm so incredibly proud of of this book. It's um, you know inspired by things like john wick and bullet or atomic blonde and like morally gray characters like in the last of us and it's about uh she'd say she's an ex-mercenary her life will tell you otherwise uh, but cara diol and and her trying to confront uh her past while trying to set herself up for her future and this first book is 30 pages just the people who worked on this book who said yes to work on this book it just it blows me away um I'll, I'll run through this and I'll be quiet because we can talk video games, but it's Eduardo Mello, who's the illustrator from Fantasy Flight Games, Marvel and DC. Lauren Affey is the colorist. She did Spider-Gwen, Five Ghosts, um, Witcher, among other things. The letterer is Taylor Esposito of Ghost Cliff Studio, who the small book called Action Comics people might have read. Um, I don't know if you know that. Um, someone who is not a friend of this show in any way, shape, or form, uh, Lana Bashinsky did a beautiful charcoal work for this for the cover art. And Corey Schmitz, who did the logo design and branding for Valorant, Ghost of Tsushima, a, a million other things, uh, is doing the, the logo and branding um, for this book. And I've seen it, and it's all so very good. Um, and so now we, you said it, we hit the goal and now I'm working on, I have some fun stretch goals and there's awesome stuff. So go check it out. It's kickstarter.com. The book is called consequences. Sorry for rambling. I'm just super, super proud of it. And I'd love for everybody to check it out. You should be. It looks great, man. Uh, you have assembled top tier talent. The art is phenomenal. You've given me a, a, a sneak preview on some of the stuff that even I don't think you've shared with 
many other folks publicly, but it is amazing the pages you're getting in. And uh, it's it's really cool. Action-packed, mercenaries. I, you told me it was autobiographical. I'm very surprised. <laughs> well, it's, it's really just about me getting fed up with you calling you calling me your nemesis. And I'm like, game ah, on. So it's really just, you know, picture yeah. DLC. It does <laughs> a lot of panels of just a person that looks a lot like me getting pummeled. <laughs> no. I don't understand no. what that's about. No. Uh, consequences. Consequences. Check it out on Kickstarter. Stretch goals. Get yourself a, a copy of the of the book or a digital copy. You got lots of options. So lots check of it options. Out. Yeah, thanks. All right. We got lots of video game stuff to talk about. And guess what? We have one of our favorite guests in the universe. Never you know heard the of DLC him. always stands for your downloadable commentary. No, excuse me. <laughs> I took a week off and everything broke. Uh, your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because once again, DLC stands for drawing locomotion into characters because and we comic have book s- covers and comic book covers. There's not much, not much locomotion, but you know, what I mean. <laughs> uh, we have senior animator at riot games. And one of our favorite guests, the aforementioned Lana Bashinsky is back with us. Hey, Lana. Hello. I am so pumped to be here. I, it's so nice to see both of your faces. Uh, I yeah, was, we're doing video now. Is where, I know. We, we pivoted to video. Yeah, now I have to like be focused. I have to look put together. I put all this art <laughs> on my wall this afternoon or you this morning. Phenomenal. I assume this is how you've always looked every time we've uh, had you on the show, even every when it was time, only audio. Yeah. Two hours in the bathroom, straightening the hair, <laughs> putting on the makeup. Getting Just the sword. For me. for me. For the sword. Yes. Yeah, yeah. With the sword. You have no idea, honestly, how much it took for Christian to talk me into doing video because part of the thing I liked most about this show was that I didn't have to care what I looked like. But isn't <laughs> or that the my... charm? Like you can yeah. make that, this is the thing. You're like every other show, you're like in the blazer and this one could be like DLC <laughs> also stands for PJ party, baby. DLC Sunday stands night. for like it. Jeff I'll... just took off VR headset is what it used to stand for. <laughs> I like how... got the ring. <laughs> yeah, I basically have, have the ring. I like how Lana thinks that I wear blazers in my other shows. <laughs> I mean, I watched them all. I'm yeah. totally no. That's good. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I uh, I appreciate. I want to say thank you, Christian, uh, and blessing and um, Dan. Uh, Dan. Right? Yeah. Who's I? Yes. Thank you all for uh, picking up the slack for me last week when I was out. I uh, enjoyed the show. Good stuff. All right, we got a lot to catch up on though. So let's get started and start the way that we always do with story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games. This week, you can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com or by visiting our Discord, which is also 5x5DLC on the old Discord. Fantastic community of great people. Urge you to take part. But Lana, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? It is no contest for my story of the week. Um, a remedy is apparently trying to make a long-lasting co-op game. Uh, so... 
Uh, Finnish Games from Remedy wants to try and address some of the issues that face co-op games with its upcoming Vanguard. And according to the company's CEO, um, one of the problems making or facing co-op titles is making sure that the games last long enough. Um, uh, multiplayer gaming is a highly competitive space. This is a quote from Vertala. Uh, multiplayer gaming is a highly competitive space, especially when you talk about PvP or team versus team games. But in the co-op space, there are a few highly successful games. Um, for me, I've been getting really into co-op games. You know, Valheim is a huge one. Uh, yeah. This whole year, I think, has changed a lot of how people play. I've always played these co-op games, or not co-op, but like multiplayer with a team. Here's the Storm, League of Legends, uh, Apex Legends, uh, Gunfire Reborn, I still love a lot. I 2020 and, you know, into this uh, current year as well has sort of seen more of my friends and and more people wanting to game together, finding ways to connect. And so seeing hopefully a a co-op game that has longevity is something that I'm like pumped about and remedy is also incredible so yeah of course christian i huge fans of remedy as well control was our game of the year the year ago uh logo by Corey as well yeah i have so much of his stuff in my house already it's surreal anyway yes i love i love control the dlc was one of my games of the year which of course (laughs) broke all the rules but we're not going to talk about that uh but you know they have a great they have a great pedigree uh, we have a lot of confidence in that studio. But my question to you, Lana, is what does that mean? Because I think what they're getting at, you mentioned that quote from uh, Remedy CEO, Taro Vertala, talking about how basically you have this structure of these very long-lasting games, Fortnite, PUBG, I mean, not just Battle Royales, but even Call of Duty and any game that you see at the top of the concurrent players on your platform of choice at any time usually is a multiplayer competitive game because you constantly have that grind and every single match you're going to be paired against different other human beings doing wildly different things. And yes, maybe it's the same maps over and over. Yes, it's basically the same scenarios over and over. But the fact that you're playing against other human beings adds an urgency, a vitality, a unpredictability, a longevity to these games. mm -hmm. Just a reason to go back. Like, I'm going to beat Jeff. I'm going to take down this. I want to get off the leaderboard. Yes. Uh, I'm going to get better. I'm going to take that. Oh, that human being beat me. I'm going to beat them next time. Um, But with co-op games, it tends to be the case, at least I think this is the argument being made in this article at gamesindustry.biz, That when you have a co-op game, it's basically like, can we get through the content, right? Mm -hmm. We are teaming up and getting through the content. We're going to take down the next boss in Valheim. We're going to earn the next thing. We're going to, you know, finish the story in whatever the game is that allows for Mm co-op. How do you create a game that is long lasting without having to feed that beast of just giving them more content, right? Because if we're playing together and we get to the end of the story, then we can stop playing but when we're playing against other human beings, there's no let's stop playing. So and there's I, been oh, go ahead. I'll let me answer, I, I'll let I, you answer that. Yeah. Sorry, I think the thing that makes uh, you know the PvP experience in, uh, interesting is obviously like that that difference uh, of game to game, game over game. It's a different experience every time, even though it's technically the same experience in certain ways. And I think that's really what you want to mimic in a co-op game by way of like your player story. So I don't think. 
you're going to be able to create the same kind of challenge, sort of like emotional thrill. I think that PvP games have the thought of like, oh yeah, I just I beat that other player and that was a real person and I'm better. Ah, like that champion kind of adrenaline slash serotonin hit when you win. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine feeling that way with, with PVE content, unless there's something that makes the experience unique every time in a similar way. So something I've talked about a lot. And one of the reasons I mentioned Gunfire Reborn a little bit ago is like a game that I love playing with people that feels sort of different every time is because it is a roguelite experience. So every time we play it, yeah, I've got my character, I've got my power-ups that I chose for my little cat pal who I'm playing as, but the way that the enemies spawn in, the the air, like the rooms that I'm going through are different every time. So yeah. it's creating a personal player story that is different. The way that the guns that I pick up versus the guns my teammates pick up and how they synergize together in the play space is going to create moments where the game is not like, yeah, and then we beat the boss. It was like, and then your gun gave my gun double damage and I annihilated him. Like yeah. those are those, those individual moments that I think will, will bring people into that. Um, the thing I'm most interested in is what they, their definition of long lasting is. Cause when I think of long lasting co-op game, I think of like world of Warcraft and, you know, guilds getting together to do raids. And yes, there's like yeah. wow arena and stuff like that, but that's a content heavy <laughs> game. So <laughs> sure. yeah. I'm, I'm really curious as to, to what yeah, their definition I, of long lasting is. I think yeah. It's interesting that I racked my brain and went, okay, what are co-op experiences that are long lasting Diablo, right? Diablo is a great example of keeping hooks in a game, the randomization of the levels, the ability to team up with people and grind for gear and the unpredictability and the, and the way that the gear changes the game. And, and I think that makes Diablo clearly a very long lasting product that is, I mean, even the most recent Diablo does not even have PvP in it, right? So that's a great example. Y- you mentioned um, th- that game that I haven't played, but I think we both played Risk of Rain, which is kind of that same s- scenario, right? Where yeah. it's it's more like runs, like you're going on a run, and you'll get all kinds of different power-ups during your run because it's randomized to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And, so there's and your kind goals of... change. So like maybe the first time you're like, oh, we just want to get through the levels. But then they sort of help you by giving you different quests for different goals. Like, oh, do 20 levels. And you're like, oh, right. how do I even loop it? And like you have to like there's things you have to figure out and that make you feel smart and give you those meaty experiences that I feel like I get from PvP. Sorry, yeah. I cut you off. Global Reset in chat throws Destiny 2 in as one, which I think is another great example, but it is, it's also a content based. And to some extent, a lot of that content is there. I think uh, Outriders is going to try to be that as a non games, uh, games as service game, but like there is in game in Diablo, you know, it's like the loot table is the content. And so it's a game like Diablo 2, right. a lot of that work is kind of done ahead of time, <laughs> you know, to create. Yeah, these. Do you, the grind is the, what keeps you going, right? Is yeah. the And uh, like, um, oh, what was the the game that I've just playing a little bit of now just left my head? The Dwarven um, uh, mining game. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Deep Rock Galactic. So good. Uh, it, it really fun. And again, another kind of co-op. And, and the thing there is you're, you're doing this stuff, you're earning points you're gonna get better cooler looks and gear and stuff so i love this story but it 
there is no indication as to how they're going to solve this problem, only that they recognize the the issue and are attempting some fresh takes on it. So I'm wondering if either of you have any ideas or or like something that you would think a a co-op experience could benefit from or could could grow from, could become a long-lasting co-op experience that isn't just, you know, a grind for better loot. What do you think? Anything, Lana or Christian? Yeah. Sorry, Christian. I've talked a lot. No, I mean, well, one chat mentions this too, but Lana, I'm curious how Monster Hunter wasn't on the tip of your tongue for this. That it's a was, con- but you hated it. So I'm not going to bring it up. Like, it's excellent. You'll be like, <laughs> I, well, I was really bad at it. So it was a terrible game. I put a good 20 something hours into that being horrible. And you in chat being very polite, being like, you should try doing this. And me being like, I don't <laughs> know what I'm doing. I, I think monster so, hunter world has terrible social systems that's why i didn't mention it, it awful social systems sorry i don't know if this is a solve or not but in a speaking off the top of my head kind of approach to it i think it is somehow still leaderboarding the co-op experience and this is something that uh, the mario games do very well i think even like it's competitive co-op so like new super mario uh, world and mario 3d world you know it can be chaotic because you're throwing people off maps and you're all going for the stars and different collectibles but you still have to get to the end of the level and i think if there's a way that you could bridge that or you're all working together towards something so there is still some competition but it's against other teams that you don't necessarily see or go up against so it's not pvp it's still pve then with leaderboard implementation i think that could be compelling to still have that grinding for rank grinding for season but you're doing it with your squad Squad. my four-year-old is very very in tune with the super mario 3d world leaderboard at the end of each level uh, and he doesn't frame it in a I won, daddy. He frames it in a you lost, daddy. <laughs> daddy, look, you lost. You lost. And I'm like, I let you win, son. And this is the thanks that I get. I let you collect all the stars. I move out of the way so that you get those 4,000 points. Like, anyway. Uh, Lana, what do you think? Any, any ideas? <laughs> oh, well, I think definitely a lot of what Christian just said. Um, I think a lot of... Um, uh, like hopefully what will be a masterclass in procedural generation, both in like visually the experience feeling ch- like different as well as the different sort of quests or things that they might have you going on as a team. Yeah. But I also think there has to be something said for the variety of types of content that you can experience. So I think an ideal situation for a co-op, like the more different sort of elements like even if you have like oh we're doing these runs and it's as a team if we beat it as soon as there's a leaderboard some people are going to get anxious and drop out um then like if we think of something like valheim which took off in such a huge way so quickly i feel like it's because there is something to do for everyone so some people are out there like we're we're grinding as fast as we can so we can get through these bosses and some people are like i am building us a mansion and it is (laughs) going to blow your mind when you get back here and they're cooperatively doing something. You need to go back to your base and you're like, oh, what? Our crafting table is level five? What? Like, you did this for us. It's amazing. Everybody sort of like having those different roles that people can have, I think will help make a longer lasting cooperative experience as well. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great point um, because it's kind of one of the things that I bounced off of uh, 
Destiny. I mean, I know tons of people love Destiny and that's great. But for me, I, you know, when they were talking about Destiny's kind of an MMO, I was like, well, but I want to do other stuff than just the Destiny stuff. I'd love to, in the ways that MMOs let me go and do crafting and do, you know, all these kinds of other ancillary things that aren't just quests and, and beating up bad guys. Uh, and I think that's right. I think variety certainly helps that. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how Remedy brings some new ideas to this. I'm excited about it. I mean, co-op is is my favorite thing to do. I love... I love getting together with a group and not not feeling that pressure to beat everybody, but we're all working together toward a common goal is super fun. And I want it to be long lasting. I mean, I'm reminded actually of seeing BlizzCon so recently and hearing the uh, Overwatch 2 team talk about how they're doing PvE content and their approach is to make, what do they say, hundreds of different quests. Now, granted, I think they're counting you know, slight variations as different quests. And, and that's fine. Like, I think that is, sometimes that is enough to have it be, yeah, we're on the same map, but there's a slight different tweak here, or there's a different weather effect there, or we have to do something unique. And usually we have to get five of these things, but now we got to get three of those things and two of these other things. So it feels different. I think that kind of uh, variety, and you're talking about, you know, procedurally generated, you're talking about, uh, you know, randomization. I think all of those are tools that can help in this regard. So it doesn't start to feel stale, Mm -hmm. but I'm certainly curious to see how remedy a a very top tier developer uh, tries to solve that problem. Cause I think it is an issue. Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Yeah, for me, it's the, uh, if Christian says it enough, eventually he's right story, which is uh, the upgraded switch is coming this year is the report coming out of Bloomberg is is where I saw it. And the idea is that it is or what's kind of leaked out um, is that it's kind of going into full swing this summer is the thought it has a seven inch full swing being being in production, not not purchasable but right yeah in in production this summer yeah production ramping up in june and then who knows how quickly coming out after that a 720p seven inch oled screen and everything else is same (laughs) well we don't know how much is the same right is it does it have detachable uh joy Joy cons we don't know does it 4k in the dock like i think the exciting part of this news is that this long rumored switch upgrade seems to be seeing the light of day uh a a crispy oled screen certainly seems desirable i think assuming there aren't burn-in issues which some oled seem to have but i don't i think we're over those days i think oled as as a tech has has transcended that problem but Uh, but the, the question is like is the processor the same Right, which it 4K docked. Are we getting any other speed bumps? Is this what's required for Pokemon Legends Arceus? Like, not required, but like, are you going to see those? It's like, a six, is this the PS4 Pro kind of bump also, or just a bigger, prettier screen? I would think there has to be some bump because I don't know if the old processor could run that. Like, hit maybe that it's just screen. like a like a switch like like a remastered like switch hd like mid-tier bump and then a couple years later we're gonna get the the big switch with the breath of the wild 2 maybe maybe i I, that was my prediction this year is that we would hear breath of the wild 2 as a launch title for this new switch and it sounds like breath of the wild 2 is even farther out than i thought uh but 
Christian, to your point, it doesn't need any extra oomph to push a larger screen. Because it's, it's, it's still 720p. They're it's not still 720p. It yeah. yeah, there's no upgrade in the undocked resolution. People are, there's a lot of rumors because there's some sort of reporting on internal um, development houses being told to ready new Switch releases for 4K, like have assets that will look good at 4K resolution. So there's a lot of people thinking that docked this new version will shoot to 4k on your on your tv which would be nice but i i would be shocked if they don't put out a new model that doesn't have a beefier processor or you know some sort of new 3ds you know the new 3ds version of the upgrade but maybe lana's right maybe it's maybe that's another or maybe they just like they wanted to be beefy enough so that like the lod's don't stop like characters from popping in they're like okay we have like Mm. so much poke news if these characters pop onto the screen (laughs) people are gonna lose their minds it has to be smooth like butter. yeah well, it's not it's all about the pokies. It's all about the, the pokies. hot slag and 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 chat, and then with what Lana said, like this could be the Switch XL, and then the new Switch comes, you know, next year. Like they did the it doesn't three- feel very XL to me. It's only 0.8 inches bigger than the Switch Lite. <laughs> no, right? No, no, no. The no Switch no. Lite no. Switch Lite screen is five point five. Regular Switch is six point two. So it's 0.8 inch diameter larger than the original switch yeah. and yeah one and a half inches larger than the so light it's just the switch l ain't no xl the, the switch l just a little ll lb a <laughs> little bigger you know like <laughs> yeah switch a little bigger it's cute. <laughs> a little bigger it's poquito mas it's switch poquito mas but i, I mean i think this is a, a big story like this is a big, <laughs> huge is, story small upgrade yeah, yeah. <laughs> People have been clamoring for this for a while, and Nintendo has proven time and time again that even the slightest hardware um, revision will bump sales, and Switch has been still selling like hotcakes this whole time, so I have to imagine that this would just keep it No, the cakes will still be hot. The cakes will still be hot for the Pukito Moss edition. Uh, I gotta say, you know, my, my... optimistic best reading of of just the news we have here which is admittedly still a rumor but what this reporting seems to indicate i think it will be a dramatic difference going to oled i think you'll look at these side by side and be like holy moly that oled screen is really pretty it's like the reverse of what the vita did or is it the vita psp i think it was the vita vita launched with an oled and then a few years later they're like new edition lcd screen (laughs) cheaper we need to save some pennies on these nobody's buying them um so I think I think that alone will make it really uh, desirable to some folks, and having it be a little bit bigger will be nice. But I think we're going to see this thing have a better processor, and I think they're going to be this kind of weird differentiation, like they did with the new 3DS, where it's like some games need it. Um, but we'll see. We don't know. We don't know that. But it'll be interesting to see. What do you guys think? What do you think, Lana? Do you think this is uh, coming out in 2021 in holiday 2021, or you think it's later? I think it's later i think if it does have a beefier processor etc cetera, etc cetera, like it's breath of the wild 2 will need it yeah. like that's just like people aren't not gonna buy breath of the wild 2 right and if you need it you'll buy both so i can't imagine that wouldn't be the case what do you think christian this year uh, uh yeah because i think i made that prediction this year i forget every year it's like this is the year next year so i forget where i am for this year <laughs> i want to be consistent with my prediction i think it is this year and i think if it i think when beefier processor bp as i like to call it when it comes out 
I I think to Lando's point, I don't know if it'll be required for Breath of the Wild too, but it'll be like with beefier processor, you'll get sixty frames and this, and without it'll be thirty frames. Like it can still run it. I don't think they'll lock that big of a title behind needing it for like the new 3ds i think like three titles were new 3ds exclusive and it you know it wasn't a lot they're not going to cut off their customer base i think but maybe they would lock it like temporarily we're like if you want it in the first three months the lower version is coming later but you can get Mm. it now that's what i thought they're going to do with breath of the wild with the wii u version and i was surprised to see them launch that day and date but They've they've done it both ways, and and you're right, Lana. People will Zelda wherever Zelda is, so you know they they Zelda will find a way. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a dinosaur. <laughs> Zelda will find nature. It's like life. Um, yeah, I'm. I, I I do not think this is going to come out before the end of the year, but I they would be smart to do that. I just wonder. I mean, I guess it would be the Pokemon's that would sell it, but uh, I feel it like it's going it to come out alongside. I guess it doesn't. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. No, you're right. It doesn't. Uh, It doesn't. Uh, Interesting. We'll keep our eye on it. Uh, Everybody knew this was headed here. So it sounds like it's coming this year, or at least it's being, we'll hear about it this year for real. Um, My story though, you're giving me some interesting options here. Actually, I think the one that I am most interested to hear your take on is something we've talked about a lot before. Uh, Somebody made a very pointed prediction about this but and and we talked about it a lot and maybe we're beating a dead horse here but i do think this is interesting that elden ring which we haven't heard anything about in two years but it is very highly anticipated uh from software's next game teaming with george r R. martin in some vague capacity uh and everybody clamoring to hear more hear more it was supposed to come out i think in 2021 but now it sounds like it's not. In fact, uh, a game with no release date has been delayed. So, you know, my prediction is hitting on all cylinders uh, when I said everything is getting delayed. And they're being kind of upfront about this in the sense that they're saying, hey, it's COVID. It's the global pandemic that has just completely um, pushed us back, not a little, but like a year of time. And uh, I love that we have Lana here who's actively working remotely for a top-tier developer. And I wonder if you can give us some insight into that. I mean, the the thing we talked about a year ago now, uh, in the first couple of months of, of the lockdown, we were hearing all these game companies saying, hey, we're transitioning, we're, you know, we don't anticipate any delays, uh, you know, everybody's figuring out how to work from home, but we've kind of got it. And all these companies have had months and months and months to do this, but it sounds like it really, at least in this case and in a lot of cases, right, we're seeing delay after delay after delay being announced that this has been a bigger impact on the industry than I think first was indicated. And I wonder what your experience was and and what your insight is on this. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it hits, I don't know, close close to my heart (laughs) because, you know, when we first went into... I'll, I'll I'll do it from sort of like a personal perspective because I I can't imagine what particular issues would go into their studios delays whether they didn't have like the home setups and then it was like a long transition just to get people to tech and then VPN like whatever their problems could have been technologically um, uh, my experience with COVID and working from home and I think my team's general experience with working from home is that at first it was like ooh 
pretty exciting. I don't have to commute. <laughs> like, right. obviously awful things. Two extra happen. hours in my day. I'm not in my car. Oh my car. God. Try yeah. three, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, there was a, things that were exciting about it and like the, the, the gravity of the situation and how awful it would end up being. Um, nobody really knew. And so at first people being, there's like so many studios that were not equipped to work from home technically speaking. And so building all that infrastructure and getting the right devices to the right people, very challenging. Uh, and a year in, I've caught myself thinking about it on times where I feel frustrated or worn out or like, I, I feel like I've had a very fortunate pandemic, um, you know, luxury of working from home, I can keep my job, et cetera, et cetera. And you'd think a year into it, this week is my one year in quarantine anniversary. Yeah, wow. wow. Um, you'd be like, well, now we're used to it, but it's wearing. And I think yeah. that's what a lot, a lot of people are finding, obviously not just game developers, everybody, but sure. like people working from home. I mean, I realized that all the vacations I ever took in a year surrounded conferences I went to. So I took no vacations. And then I was like, why am I so tired? Yeah. Um, and a year in, it's just exhausting to like, Nick, time to go to work, two steps away. Like, here I'm at work, time to go home. Like, it, it's yeah. cool in its own way. But like, I think the emotional exhaust, um, how many people have been affected personally, their families, like how many people had to take additional time off because somebody they knew is no longer with us. Like there is like serious yeah. emotional consequences that can weigh on people. And the delay is a human one. And so any company that's like, it's COVID, I'm like, you're dang right it's COVID. yeah <laughs> you know i think you i think you make such great points because it's so easy i mean it, it's weird because we all go we've all gone through it as and i say we meaning humans yeah. right it's a weird thing to be part of something that every person on the planet has also gone through very few times you can say that um but even so even the fact that we have all experienced it I think it's still easy to have misconceptions about it, right? Because you hear, oh, well, the technological side is the hard part, right? Just we oh, we got to figure out how to distribute all the files, <laughs> you know? We got to figure out how to, the workflow from home. Mm -hmm. But I think you make such a, such a good point that that's only a fraction of what the real impact has been. And therefore what the potential for slowing everything down is. And and you're right, games is just one part of the world that's been affected, but that's the part we're talking about here on this show. Uh so no no um you know no slight to anybody who's having it much rougher than a game developer, but that's what we're here to talk about. And I think the truth is, yeah, it's all slowing down because we as human beings have had to endure this. And I think that's a really, really good point that it's unpredictable. It's vague. It's, it's even, it's sort of nonspecific in ourselves of just why things have to take longer. <laughs> but I think, I think that's accurate. And I, uh, I won't begrudge any of these companies delaying their games. It's a bummer, but you know, this is an unprecedented, not unprecedented, but it's certainly, um, a wholly unique and intense, uh, experience that we're all having. The only thing I can really hope for, I'm sorry, Christian, is that like the companies who are experiencing delays that they weren't expecting, I'm hoping it's because they are giving their employees time to 
to grieve, to rest, to like, like, yeah. it's, it's weird to be like, gotta keep doing my, my, my job. Like people are yeah. dying. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, and so I hope that they're giving their, their employees the time. And that's why it's delayed is because they're giving them the time and they're not like, we're gonna, you know, yeah. um, I hope, I hope that for them. Sorry, Christian, yeah. I cut you off. No, no, uh, no worries at all. It's, it's, I probably said this on this show, um, but it's bears repeating. No developer is just working from home right now. They are surviving a pandemic while also working in the only location that they're safely allowed to be in. It's, <laughs> it's, it, and I think to, uh, your point, Lana, it's like, at first when you come home, it's like, oh, cool. Look at, I, I'm not wearing pants. I'm in pajama pants. I'm not, you know, like all those fun little things like, oh, I rolled out of bed five minutes before my first meeting. This is so fun. And then it's, again, you're not working from home. Like you can't, like we saw each other IRL for the first time uh, this past weekend. It was masks and distance. And it was like a, a drop. It was like, it looked like a drug deal for anyone coming by the street. It's like, I will put this here. I will come get it. I will go over here and then you will leave and we you guys, will wave. I don't think you need to have bought two identical suitcases <laughs> to swap. <laughs> well, once we I were sat doing on one it, side of the bench and then yeah. I looked around a bit. <laughs> yeah. sat on the bench <laughs> behind me. <laughs> Handcuffs, the whole deal. The benches were still six feet apart. But, you know, if, if you were just working from home and I was just working from home, at some point, the three of us would have gone out to lunch. You know, yeah. like, and, and that kind of stuff, when you work from home and you can also be like, I got to get out of here. I'm going to go work at, uh, the coffee shop. I'm going to go to the library. I'm going to go to a movie. I'm going to go to a sporting event. I'm going to go to the park. I'm going to go to the oh, zoo. I'm going to see gonna... my family who lives somewhere yes, else in the country. world. I'm going to yeah. take a, an honest yeah. to God vacation. That's not, yeah. I'm out of this room and now I'm on in this room. And by this room, I mean this couch cushion, which is my living room. And, and so it, it, transitioning to working from home is very different than what these past 12 months have been. And it, at first it is exciting and then it's, huh? And then now it's, I, I do think there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I, I, you know, tweeted about this, but in the vaccine trial, I was in the placebo group. I found out, but then still in the trial, as they expanded it, I got moved over to getting the actual thing. I got my second dose, uh, last week. And more doses are becoming available to folks. So I think there is light at the end of the tunnel, but it's been a year and there isn't an end in sight yet. And so it's a very real thing. I think initially saying none of our games are delayed is like, we meant like when we thought movies were coming out last June, none of yeah. our games are delayed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that that's accurate. I think, I think that there's nothing specific you can point to. Like, it's not that, you know, Charlene didn't get the servers up and running in time. You know, it, it's, you She's know, it's not worst. like, She's the yeah, worst. Charlene, you know, it's not like G Gary forgot to, you know, get his, uh, the, all the new graphical assets completed and we have to delay. There's like not one thing. It's, it's, it's this malaise that, that picture, is the pandemic, right? I picture poor Gary, like literally holding physical visual assets, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like he tripped and fell. You know, and they all went sprawling into that fresh concrete that they were laying in the <laughs> entryway. Oh, man. <laughs> that was a morning. Uh, anyway, 
<laughs> this is the news. We cover the news. Sorry. Just the facts. Anyway, hear. Elden Ring. Uh, delayed. Anyway, Crazy. people are excited about it. Elden Ring. <laughs> Every single, like the last couple times I've been in the show, I feel like this is a reflection. The first time I was here, I was like feeling hype and sassy. I feel like every single time I've been on it since I've been like, news, there's a sad spin on it still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm do you like, know why? Like, positive yeah. news. Even Sorry. last time I was here, I was like, cyberpunk, unfortunate. Like, it's come been- on. <laughs> you've, you've been on the show the wrong year. You've been on the yeah. show the wrong... Here, I'll, I'll, I'm going to softball one to you, Lana. You ready? Yeah. Doom 3 is coming to PSVR. Just mention that to Jeff. Yo, Jeff Kanata, is it? <laughs> That's me. Uh, did you know that Doom 3 is coming to PlayStation VR? Pretty big news. I, I can't wait for that PlayStation VR 2. Uh, that can't come soon no, enough don't because make this I, sad, I don't Jeff. want don't to play this, this on the, with the move controllers. No, you immediately spun it to the worst. I spun it. Also, how dare you bring that up during COVID? Oh, I'm just my kidding. I'm kidding. God. I'm kidding. Oh, my. Kidding. All right. We're moving on. <laughs> moving on. Yeah, uh, okay. So now we're moving on. I'm sorry. I'll no, no, it's great. That. We're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, we got we got games to talk about, so let's do that. But first, there could not be a better time to talk about our sponsor, right? Oh, dude, hey. I dude. we should introduce it. But I, uh, I I can chime in here. But yeah, go ahead, set it up. Our sponsor is Brooklinen, which you've heard me talk about before, only because I absolutely love my Brooklinen sheets. Holy moly! Talk about a time when being in your bed is a very very important thing. Uh, but it's not just bedding. It's not just sheets that Brooklinen does. Brooklinen has all kinds of stuff. Comforter. What about a comforter? You, uh, you enjoying your comforter these days? Huh? Is it the best comforter you've, is it, is it a little lumpy now? Maybe is it maybe a little deflated? Is it the best comforter you could have right now? Hmm. Take a look at it. Does it have the same fluff that it used to? Huh? Maybe it's time for a refresh on that with Brooklyn and why? Because Brooklyn creates beautiful, high quality bedding and home essentials like the comforter. And they do it without that markup that you get from other luxury brands that are selling to the, you know, in the brick and mortar stores. This is cutting out the middleman. They're giving you, they're passing the savings along to you and their comforters come in lightweight, all season and ultra warm varieties to suit every type of sleeper and lifestyle. There's even a weighted comforter option for stress relief. I've never tried one of those. You guys ever tried a weighted comforter? I've never tried that. That's pretty cool. There's also a variety of materials, including an eco-friendly recycled down alternative. Uh, if you don't want things to be plucked, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Christian, you had a comment about Brooklinen. Yeah, we recently purchased uh, a set of their heathered cashmere sheets. Yeah. Ooh, My doggies. friend. It is the best. Like I'm, I'm a chili sleeper, and these are like the well, chili. I live in Southern California, but they are like the. That's no, because you always have a order of chilies. Yes, barbecue wings before bed. Yes, and, and chili, chili, chili as well. Yeah, chili sleeper. <laughs> um, uh, they're they're magnificent. These sheets, like they're light, but still like have that cozy, warm feeling. Um, I cannot recommend them enough. Heathered cashmere sheets from Brooklyn, and they're. They have not. I take them off, wash them, get them clean, put them right back on the bed. My favorite sheets I've ever owned in my life. I urge you not to take Christian's word for it. There are over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting for Brooklinen. So Christian is just one of 75,000. But listen, 
you got to try it for yourself. Treat yourself to ultimate comfort with Brooklinen's Comforter Collection. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code SPICE to get $25 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code SPICE, S-P-I-C-E, for $25 off with a minimum purchase of $100. Brooklinen.com, promo code SPICE. All right, it is time to talk about the games that we have been playing. Anna, what is on your playlist? Uh, my playlist this week is kind of short, um, but I'll start off by a game I played through in its entirety yesterday called Maquette. Yeah. I believe that it is free on PlayStation Plus this mm-hmm. month or something. Um, and the concept of the game, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, baby, this is my new witness. I am so hype. I love puzzle games. Very has, very much has Witness vibes to it. Yeah, it's sort of like Witness or um, What Remains of Edith, Edith Finch. Like oh, yeah. kind of those two games had a baby almost. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the art is really lovely. Um, and it's if you haven't seen it, it's got this very, it's called Maquette because you're in this world and then there's a sort of a pavilion in the middle of the world. And when you walk into it, there is a smaller scale maquette of the world that you are in. And you can take props and things from the outside world. Like you'll find like a big key or like a normal size key and you can bring it into the maquette and put it into the maquette and it becomes a giant key out there. Um, and there's some interesting uh, technology at play with. Yeah. So it's like, if you're looking at, if you're looking at a castle, there's a giant castle in front of you and then you turn around and you walk backward. And then there's like a miniature little diorama version of that same exact castle. And it's like that for everything in the world, there's these, the real size, full size version, and then the tiny little diorama version. And so you can take something that's full size, put it in the diorama. And then it, the size that it is in relation to the diorama it becomes in relation to the real life so you're able to uh, affect the outside world by affecting the diorama and vice versa yes thank you for explaining that so much better than i did (laughs) um and i was very excited for this game so excited for this game and i feel bad i mentioned it a little bit before the show because last time i was on i was like here's a game i tried i didn't love it didn't love it um but maquette I the art is beautiful, but the play experience. I stayed up yesterday, being like till two thirty in the morning, being like, "Oh, I'm so it's like one more puzzle, one more puzzle, one more puzzle." Usually, There's that's a good thing. More. Usually, that's a rousing endorsement. I stayed up till two a.m. One more puzzle. <laughs> but I was like, if I end now, this game like beat me, and I refuse. I refuse because then after I beat the game, I stayed up till four discussing with my partner all the things that I would have changed about the game. (laughs) And I think that the technology is incredible, like very cool things. And, and sadly um, everything felt a little like trite. Every sort of um, puzzle. I agree. Quote unquote. I agree. Puzzle was like, do the only thing you can do. Yes. You, you, You beat the puzzle. 
Yes, it is the only thing you can do. Yeah. Walk around until you find the only thing you can do. Do that one thing. And the option, the, uh, the, the solutions often are really on the nose. Yeah. Like there's no like clever take to it. It's, and yeah, the moments that are challenging are not because they are challenging, but because it, it feels like the developer was like, here is the puzzle, but I want you to solve it my way, the way that I've told you to make it. So for example, there's a moment where you're playing with these crystals. And if you have a crystal in your hand, you can walk through a gate, it drops the gate and they're different colors. Um, and then at one point you have to bring two color, two different colored crystals through a gate of one color. And you can't really do that. One of them is a sphere though. And so it's like, oh, I'll just drop the sphere and then it'll roll down the hill and I'll walk out with the other one. And it was like, well, actually we turned off the physics of the cir- the spherical gem here. So it just drops dead and you can't push it, but you yeah. can out there, just not right. He- right here. That's a That would make me like, that's the kind of. And I have not played this game, but in general, that type of like game logic makes me like, that's where I'm like, no, this is it. This is it. This is it. And I, I think it's it's like, what's a bug? What's not a bug? Like, Very frustrating when it should, like, that's what Breath of the Wild does so well is the opposite of that. It's like, yes. it all works. And even if there are times where like you finished it and you're like, maybe that was broken, still let you finish it. Like... If you right. did something cool with the physics, then you did something cool with the physics. Right. There's- you should be rewarded for thinking outside the box and pulling off something. That, that feeling is good when you're like, oh, my gosh, did I just break the game? But I did it. Mm-hmm. That's a cool feeling. Yeah. Did you Have you finished Maquette, Jeff? I have not finished Maquette. I, I, I tapped out. So, I mean, however you feel about it, you at least you finished it. I, I tapped out. And I got to say, the fact that this game was an Annapurna release, I, I anything that has Annapurna on it now, I play. Like it is such a seal of approval how they have managed to create a publishing logo that means that much to me so quickly and so shrewdly. Like, kudos to the team at Annapurna. Any because good? anything that comes out that has that on it, I'm like, I'm going to play that. Yeah. But I agree with you. I um, I bounced off of it pretty fast. It It's got that, it's got all the trappings of a game I would like. It's got that what remains of Edith Finch um, walking simulator, like indie movie. I'm being autobiographical layer to it, you know, cause it's ostensibly about this relationship and you hear these moments of, of real. And I assume it's sort of autobiographical or based on truth in some sense, cause it feels very authentic and you, you have these characters that, you know, meet and they do a meet cute and it's it's very well voice acted and you have these like the reward for solving the puzzles is hearing more of their tale i tend to like games like that i think it's fun this one it, that that reward was not enough for me <laughs> i am so happy that you said the word reward because i was like i loved what remains of edith, edith finch i love that game and i think about that game every day my gosh, I think crazy. about it all the time. And if yeah. I think about it too long, I'll cry. I push my I push my kids on the swings in our backyard and I think about I today I did that. I thought about what remains of the thing. I like that game is in my DNA. It's an amazing I keep game. trying to push them off and they keep holding on for dear life and I keep pushing <laughs> yeah. harder and harder. They want, they want to go higher, higher, Daddy. I bought a anyway. fish factory. I think about it every day. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so like I wanna be so 
positive on, on this game. But so the fact that you called these things the reward, it, it feels like they were trying to be too timeless with the script that it actually like elevated it to like a level of trite. So yeah. these, these scripted moments felt so like long and like cool art is coming up, like, but you're, they're locked into cutscenes kind of constantly, but they're not that engaging. The script isn't that interesting. But while we were playing, anytime we'd finally finish a puzzle and they would lock you slowly into this cutscene and then start playing the story that I personally cared nothing for, I would go, this is our reward. We earn this. <laughs> this is the reward for yeah, the amazing it- puzzle. It is, it is, it is set up like that. And, and this is going to sound harsher than I intended to, but it, it does feel a little bit like a student film, mm. you know, where like, you know, I, I went to drama school and saw a lot of film studies majors do their thesis projects. And, and invariably it was always about like, you know, a person who always wanted to make movies can't fall in love and you know it's, it's very very much like yeah it's about you everybody's first movie is about them you know what i mean and uh it, it just you're right it feels a little tread i don't mean to, to pile on but the biggest thing about maquette is that somebody did this game way better already mm-hmm. and it's called a fisherman's tale have you played a fisherman's tale I have not. I watched somebody play a bunch of it, but oh. I have not personally played it yet. That game is what this game wants to be. I mean, Fisherman's Tale is the exact same idea where there's a little mini version and you put things in the mini version and they become the size. Of it. It's exactly that exact concept, but done with so much style and flair. It is also a VR game, so I happen to like it. And I think Honestly, this concept in VR is so much better. It's such a, because you're already dealing with scale in VR, the size of you is represented and you feel that scale in VR. And in A Fisherman's Tale, you're hearing a cool story that is spoken with a guy who sounds like uh, a Frenchman who who wants to tell you a tale. So I'm already like in, you know, just like I'm on an ASMR level. I'm just in, you know? And uh, anyway, the A Fisherman's Tale hugely recommended it does maquette better than maquette mm-hmm. but i i was also similarly disappointed with maquette can i spoil one puzzle yes we'll just give everybody a nice warning if you don't want to be spoiled on any puzzles from maquette skip forward 30 seconds or if you decide that you want help with this puzzle because it's asinine please tune in so <laughs> the thing that gets me about this the puzzles, the times where I faced any semblance of challenge was not because it was an actually challenging puzzle, but because it utilized mechanics that were 0% previously taught to you and never used again and not like really using any of the mechanics in a way that made sense. There's this one puzzle in particular where you get into these other rooms and there's three rooms. There's a room and then you go into the next room and there's two holes in the ground that you can tell are clearly maquettes of the other room. And there's a key and a door and a, a key impression on the ground. And you grab a key and you're like, okay, this key is too small. And then so you drop the small key into the larger room or into the tiny room. And then you get a bigger key from one of the other rooms. You're like, cool, got it. And then you walk up and you check it out and you're like, oh, this key is now too big. There's obviously some kind of math here to figure out the right number of times to put it in the small room versus put it in the big room to get the correct size key. Right. 
tried every possible, what felt like every possible permutation to get the correct size key, couldn't do it. This is a, a puzzle where we're like, just, we're Googling it. I'm finishing this game. <laughs> I never do I want that. my reward. I want my reward. <laughs> and the answer was that you had to make the key tilt off the edge out of the maquette. So it hit a ramp that was a secret that was invisible. There's no indication that there was what? a second level. You had to build a little bridge with it. And there was a different key up there that was the right size. Well, that's it was dumb. completely unrelated to the other keys. I clearly did not get that far. <laughs> no. You can just cut all this out if you want. No, like, not at all. I think that's, I think it's fascinating. It, it is that infuriating thing of the, the solution you're pointing me toward that you've been training me to, th- you've been training me to think a certain way. Whereas yeah. like, which is how do I resize the thing correctly? Oh, the thing is too big. The thing is too small. There's gotta be a Goldilocks version, right? Yeah. And, and you're like, no, it just needs a different key. This is the wrong key. It was, it was a Goldilocks version. It was just a different maquette that was hidden. There was like mm, no, yeah. in, like literally no indication that you could see anything up there. It was, I yeah. was, I almost ended right there, but I needed my reward. Anyway, <laughs> that's maquette. Maquette, uh, available now where you get fine video games. Well, or so, available for free with PlayStation Plus. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I know it sounds like you guys aren't, don't think it's your game of the year, but if you have PlayStation Plus, it, it's beautiful art style. Maybe yeah. worth checking out. Clever concept. Clever concept. I just think if like you just have bounce any, when you're bounce when you're frustrated. You know, if you happen to have a, an Oculus Quest or any <laughs> VR headset, do yourself a favor and play a Fisherman's Tale. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. What else is on your playlist? Um. So one thing I will just touch on very quickly. Uh, because uh, people have been talking about it a long time. Valheim, I've been playing a bunch of it. It's very fun. Played a couple times with Christian. Super fun. But something that we did the other day at work, which was very interesting, that I think people are, again, looking for like team bonding kind of exercises, is we did a Valheim scavenger hunt. So we started a new server, and we gave ourselves a limited amount of time and divvied up into two teams, and we each got a chest. And the number of items that we could find in the world from the chest within the allotted time equaled points. And then whoever got like the most items um, won. And the items are anything from like a queen bee to like the trophy that you get for killing the first like real substantial boss, the elder. Um, and it's just a very fun, different way of looking at this, this video game that's been out for a bit. And is this something that, that you guys invented or is that there are systems in place in Valheim to make that a mode? Someone on the internet made the scavenger hunt. I, I should have looked it up beforehand to see who did it. It was, I think it was on Reddit or some, somebody posted it. That's cool. Um, but probably if you Google Valheim scavenger hunt, time limited, like lunch break with your pals, you can 10 people in a server. It's, it's great. What a fun. neat idea. Yeah. Is there something about Valheim that makes it uniquely possible to do that? Or is it something you could kind of do in any group? I think, game. I think the thing that makes it possible to do it in Valheim is unlike a lot of these other survival games, you can't actually just die from starving. And so right. even if you're running around with low stats, you're never like, oh, I have to stop scavenging for items for a scavenger hunt because I'm literally going to die of thirst. It's, right, right. It's, uh, you're just like, oh, I should eat so that I can run for longer and get there faster. Mm-hmm. So I think the specific way that Valheim has done a twist of stats for things that you get to do versus things that you have to do makes it uniquely suitable for the scavenger hunt. I've been resisting this game 
but maybe I got to stop resisting it. Everybody seems to be having so much fun. You should play you with that play stock. With us. Yes, join us. Yeah, I would love to. Very fun. You guys seem like delightful people. On our server, it's me going, "How do you how do you do this? How do you do this? How do you do how do you do this?" And then JP being like, "I did all this," and me being like, "You what? Wow!" And then Landon being like, "I'm over here," and I'm like, "Where are you? Where are you?" We hunted that deer. That deer Dude. did not know what was up, dog. That's still my favorite moment <laughs> of the game. I'm, you know, haven't played as much as you, maybe ten hours cumulative. But that deer hunt was still my legit favorite moment, early moment of the. It's so fun. It's that, it, it's a good game, Jeff. That was all great. right. I believe you. I believe you. Built this wall. <laughs> and hey, this is just for the video version. <laughs> um, it's a clean show. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Give him a little video, and all of a sudden, I just want to say. That when I was so he built this wall, but he built it right beside a rock, and so I just was crawling up the rock and jumped over the wall. But I did that just for me, for my personal satisfaction of being like, This wall stanks, dude. Um, <laughs> and then you saw me, and you're like, You don't have to do that, you don't have to do that. And you seem so genuinely heartbroken. Uh, and I, the I wall drank, is for the drink bad guys. <laughs> She's just showing you how easily the wall will let other people in. Is that the idea? This wouldn't stop a grayling, dude. Not even a grayling. (laughs) Anyway, Valheim scavenger hunt. Valheim, good stuff. All right. So the one game that I've been hovering over on Steam to purchase, uh, and and you'll find out later, dear listener, why I haven't played anything else this week because I've been hooked on one game. But anyway, the game that I've been tempted to buy is Loop Hero because I feel like I'm going to love it. Tell me... Should I buy it? Yes. One okay. word, yes, you should buy it. Uh, Loop done Hero Purchasing is, now. <laughs> is incredible, beautiful pixel art. The soundtrack is amazing. Um, I've honestly only played a very little bit of it because it came so highly recommended. And it felt like Valheim. It felt like everyone on my Steam list was like, this person's now yeah. playing Loop Hero, now playing Loop Hero. And so I checked it out. Oh, I can just feel how much time I'm going to sink into this in a little bit. You are a a hero on an adventure. It is a roguelike game and you spawn into this world and there's a track and your character just automatically walks around the track. And as you're going, you'll like encounter a slime and it's very chill, almost gives me like a TFT or like auto battler vibes because your character will just attack with the stats they have. But as you go and fight things, you're unlocking different armor and you're unlocking different weapons that give you different stats. And you're also unlocking different tiles that you place around the map that change things about you, that change the enemies that you're fighting. And as you place the tiles, they also interact with each other to produce a different result. Um, yeah, I heard somebody describe it as a an, an inverse tower defense game yes that is but like yes but it like so much more depth than that mm. i haven't gotten into it definitely uh because i've only had a couple hours in it but there are different classes you can unlock the way that these different cards sort of synergize like if you put a bunch of rocks together they'll become a mountain and then the mountain also spawns different enemies that they'll give you but it also gives you a huge healing boost and it just creates an experience that is simultaneously chill and also like, oh yeah, I'm about to fight all those skeletons and my character, I just got this great blade. 
oh, I don't know what hit him. And you're just like kind of watching <laughs> this little dude, tiny little pixel art walking around this loop. And uh, at any point in time, what I think is interesting is not you choose when to end your run. So it's not like something like Hades where it's like, oh, you beat Hades. So that's the end of your run. Mm-hmm. At any point in time, you can return to your base camp. And if you return while you were at your little fire on the loop, you keep everything that you gained during that run, resources and things, which you can use to build stuff out of the loop. And if you leave early anywhere in the run, you retain 60% of all the resources that you got. And if you die, you still retain 30%. So there's not as much of a feeling as like, ah, I got nothing. Bit of a push your luck though. Yeah, Yeah, bit of push your luck. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. I really, really love it. And I have a feeling this is going to be my jam. Loop Hero, uh, you're playing it on PC. It's on Steam, right? Not on any consoles yet? Uh, I don't know. I'm playing it on Steam. I think it's in early access, maybe? Yeah. This feels like a game that I'm going to buy, and then it's going to be on Xbox Game Pass. But that's okay. Uh, very Worth cool. It. And, and of course, uh, you're still playing uh, Hades? I am still playing Hades. Yeah. I love you it. You love it. I love it. Hades, yeah. I can't get enough. That's like... Go charge my car. Switch in the in the passenger seat. Hades for an nice. hour. Yeah, it's good. It's the perfect little bite size. Yeah, and on Switch is so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never heard of that game, right, Christian? We've never heard of that game, but sounds good. Sorry, I had my headphones muted. Are you? I just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's up? What is on your playlist, Christian Spicer? I got a decent amount of stuff on my playlist. The first thing I want to talk about is another early access game. Um, this game called Hades launched in early access. I don't know if you all have heard of that, but that's how it launched. I'm not familiar. It came out. Oh, this is good. Um, but this is called Circuit Superstars, and it is an early access. Um, it was It's an indie game that was picked up by the Square Enix Collective as kind of their indie publishing. I think this might be the first game to come out of this. Um I'll start a little trailer here for the Vidya. Um, it is, um, it's um, off-road or Micro Machines-esque style game where it is top-down, that isometric view, and you're, you know, open road or, or open wheel racing. And it is just absolutely stunning. I and blown away with the visual look and representation of this game. It kind of has a feeling of like um, Cars, uh, the Cars ride at Disneyland, where it's like <laughs> just the aesthetic is, is is perfect. It is absolutely exquisite in how, um, and it kind of has that made in Unity look to it, but it's just light and breezy and toy um, and that top-down isometric view but also physics-based. I took four wheels off the ground already. Uh, Like I thought I was pretty good working through the arcade mode. And then I upped the, went into the next uh, challenge level. (laughs) And I went from like lapping the computer to just being dead last and missing the apex of every turn as I tried to push my luck uh, on every course. Um, But it is an early access right now. Uh, I think I paid like 15 bucks for it or something like that. Um, but it's got different cars. You can go in and customize your, your paint job limited, but kind of pick your color scheme, your numbers. And so there's a story mode. Then there's like online time trials. You can race just other online, like weekly competitions. I think right now, the kind of the only thing that seems to be really missing for me is a more 
obvious or focused career style mode. It seems like arcade is where that is right now, where as you, you know, achieve certain places or finish in certain uh, positions throughout the RS arcade, you kind of unlock points, different things. It's like, oh, you did this many out of this many of the challenges, but I'd love a little more focused campaign. Um, but I saw Danny O'Dwyer tweet about it. Um, I guess late last week, I was like, this looks right up my alley. And if you like racing games and you kind of miss that micro machine, that arcade style off-road or um, RC Pro-Am, Super Sprint, it is that 100%, but with like physics-based driving mechanics where you drop a tire off the road and you'll kind of feel the gravel and you'll lose your handling a little bit. It's called Circuit Superstars, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I streamed it. Um, a couple of nights ago. So you can see me being very bad as I thought I was, I was like, this is, I'm pretty good at this. Let's stream. Uh, I'm not that good, (laughs) but it's on steam and it's coming to everything. Um, it's on steam right now and and coming everywhere eventually. So worth the checkout. Um, the next game I want to talk about is another little indie that I saw on Twitter and it is called anger foot and it is on itch.io right now um it's like it's just a demo this was originally made in a game jam um here i have uh uh robbie frazier and lowler's art um and they made this originally as a game jam and kind of been iterating on it and i saw it on um the uh alphabet alpha beta gamer twitter uh originally and then it kind of got retweeted and it is like a first person hotline miami in a lot of ways where you're kind of going into a room and it's not one hit you die, but you get into a room and just a couple of hits kills you and you're moving fast and furious. It's first person. It's got like this pulsing soundtrack and your attacks are shoot. If you pick up a gun, uh, it's very old school doom doom guy. You don't reload when you're done with the gun, you throw it and you got to pick up somebody else's gun and then your other attack is your anger foot. You're kicking. Every door you interact with, you're kicking the door open. It will. If there's an enemy in the room, it will fly into the enemy. You can kick exploding barrels uh, down the hallway, and they'll blow up and explode. And it very much has that um, Hotline Miami kind of neon-soaked aesthetic. Just, it is a rip-tearing good time. Uh, it's pay what you want right now on HIO. Um, it's not super long. I think maybe there's, I don't know, 10, 15 kind of scenarios, but it's like speed-based runs that will be, for me at least, there were some insta-deaths as you kick a door into it. Like, you can't sneak into a room. You know, you're kicking the door open and going into the room and then, oh, there's an enemy on my right. Okay, now I know there's an enemy on my right. But just an absolute blast. I, again, and I don't mean this negatively, everyone can make games. Like, it's... Mm. It, blows my mind how many incredible games are out there so i wanted to to really highlight this um if you like first person shooters it is gory uh but kind of cartoony in that way again hotline miami but check out Angerfoot. it is i'm looking at it now Angerfoot. press e to kick press e yeah. to kick. That's what it says it's all right i will press e to kick it's real nice and yeah like no reload you pick up a gun off a, a guy or an enemy and then when you're done with it, you, you got to throw it. And a throw can count as like an insta kill. It's kind of like, you know, the Hitman banana. Yeah. Really, says, really, move really. Move quick, get hard. Yeah. It is so uh, I'm thinking about anger foot. Yeah. I, I love that, that there's only one kick animation. 
Yes. Um, yes. It's like the same foot coming up every time. <laughs> the charm. I yes. love it. It is, and like clearly, yeah, made by you know a, in a game, game jam, jam. small like, group. Yeah, it's beautiful. But it leans into it, like the aesthetic works. And when one of the enemies kill you, like it has like that pulsing kind of club music, and they're they sit there and like vibe over you, which is also yeah. just like chef's kiss. It's it's really good. I you know it's an afternoon. Go get lost in an afternoon playing Angerfoot. Uh, I love it. The next game I want to talk about is a little game. I don't know if you all have heard of it. Um, it's called Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's a good game. It's on PS Plus, so I avoided you know paying 60 bucks for it. Then they announced, of course, the PS5 version or upgrade, and then they gave us the PS4 version that can't be upgraded. Um, so I know this isn't new. Uh, and Anthony, I think it was Anthony Taramina, is like one of his games of the year uh, last year. Yeah. Man, I know Jeff, you haven't finished it. I clearly haven't as I just started playing it. I'm only a, a couple of hours in, maybe like two hours past what I think the, that demo hour was or whatever it was. Um, but as someone who is self-described, I have no real affinity for Final Fantasy VII. I played it, um, watched my little brother play it back in the day. I don't think I've revisited it in any way, shape, or form since. They did a good job with this game. So I'm not the purist. It's like, this is different. This changed this aspect of the story. But if you are like me and have been kind of, eh, I don't know. I don't know if this is for me. It's on PS Plus. Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm surprised you haven't finished it, Jeff. Like, I really enjoy the combat. I like the changes. I like my party system. I like the way it doesn't freeze. I'm playing at default. I don't know if you can change it. But it kind of very much slows it down as you're pivoting through your party to use yeah. their area effects attacks and stuff like that um and maybe it's just that there aren't enough next gen only games out <laughs> that where i'll say this but it looks great like it, it does look great yeah it, it, it's very it, pretty it really looks great it does so, a lot of great things i just it, it got a little uh it, it bogged down a bit for me in some certain places when i started feeling like i feel like i should do these side quests but i kind of don't want to i kind of just want to keep pushing forward and then other things came out and i got sidetracked and i haven't gone back to it but I think that's going to, I'm going to try to mainline it. I was texting Anthony, like, how long, how long is this? He's like, if knowing you 25 to 30. And I was like, I can maybe do that. And then he texted me the list of games that are coming out. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I probably won't. Everything's delayed. <laughs> delayed. And then the last thing I will talk about, Jeff, because I do, I really want to hear your, uh, your game that you've been spending so much time on is uh, I fell back into uh, the wonderful world of Fortnite um and i played with uh wombat from cheap gamer again and the last time i played was with him i think for saint jude and we got a victory royale back back we won it again uh another another victory royale once we'd lost a bunch too but i hadn't played on pc uh with all the fancies on so i'm playing direct sex 12 oh yeah uh, it's got that ray tracing now ray tracing so clearly i'm not the competitive Fortnite player where i'm running it at you know, bare right. minimum specs. <laughs> like yeah. I wanted to look purdy. Um, it's real purdy and it's such a good game. It is like, I, it, it kind of feels too, sad about it. 
No, 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 I'm not. The sadness it's, is like uh, it's so good. Oh. It's it's like it's uh, like it, oh, <laughs> it's such a good game. It's the oh. weight it's the weight of pop culture of like <laughs> everybody's saying how good WandaVision is, and you're like, it can't be that good. Everybody loves it, and you're like it is Oh, good. it is, it's good. It's that it's good. so good, it's so WandaVision. Good. <laughs> it's you're gonna love it's gonna be make you happy yes a hundred percent yes and it's like it's not cool to like it anymore but it's still oh. very good and now the the real like uh is they re-released all these marvel skins so after playing for a little bit with uh wombat again I did daddy ponied up and I went and I bought the cable skin uh which is what I have up because it's gorgeous. Um, like they don't have to do this good of a job with the skins in this game. It's like different. Don't they? No, I feel like they do. Isn't that like they have to keep one upping themselves. I meant the quality, like, like Wolverine's outfit is like different materials. I think that's what Lana's talking about. Uh, Yeah. Oh, well, the quality the qu- of them. Oh, no, I thought you meant the variety and like introducing new characters like that. But I also do think that I think that's part of quality. It's kind of what she does for a living, Christian. Yo, no. I don't mean their animation. I mean, when they're static T posed only. The, the animations, you. people hate the animations in Fortnite. That's just a known fact. Dances. Who needs them? Yeah. Um. Hello, uh, right? Wait, game. no, but, I have but I'm talking about you. the quality of them. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you've yeah, tried yeah, this, yeah. Riot. Um, <laughs> new characters. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this. I don't know if you've heard of this. Uh, skins. skins. Is this a League of Legends here? Skins. <laughs> Hello, Miss League of Legends. Uh, one word, hats. Send me a check. <laughs> um, it's real good, though, and these skins oh, are real pretty. It's real good. It's real good. My only right. rule. The crossovers are incredible. God. Uh, <laughs> um my only real complaint with uh with 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 Fortnite is uh You said it's so good. No, 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 I'm gonna Sorry. take it home and then I'll and then I'll All right, take it home. Take it home. It, it does so much right. As a free-to-play game, it does so much right. I hate the pricing. It's old Xbox Live. It's like I wanted the cable skin. It was fifteen hundred, whatever V bucks. I could buy a thousand, or then two thousand, oh, yeah. or twenty eight hundred. And now I have like an eight hundred V buck lying. It's I, I hate that. And I get it. I know why. I know why it's done. Um, <laughs> but I, I I hate that so much. Um, but I I really, again, Fortnite. My only it's rule with skins in Fortnite is that I only buy ones that use guns. Like I have a weird time buying a character like Batman. Great looking skins. Looks weird with a gun. So cable. Perfect. Yeah. Sweet. Good game. Good game. Fortnite. Okay. I'm done. Oh, why, does this sound, <laughs> why would I do an impression to me? It sounds like I'm pooping. <laughs> you are doing an impression of you. It's weird how your impression of you is not as good as my impression of you. <laughs> well, your weird? throat surgery clearly worked, Jeff. You're back. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to talk about a game that I absolutely love. It is called Gordian Quest. It is uh, on Steam. It is early access, but I believe maybe by the time you hear this, it will be out, 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 out. 
Uh, I think it's coming out like this week or next week. It's coming out in March. So at some point soon. I bought this game because I had wishlisted it like a million years ago. And I don't even, I didn't even remember it, but I, I noticed this game because it said, uh, we're making a game that is supposed to feel like um, uh, the old school Ultima Might and Magic Wizardry, but done today with card battling turn-based combat. And I was like, well, you just said all the things I love. That's a list of all the things I love. So I, I bought it just sort of on a whim. Could not love this game more. I kind of feel like, well, right now it's front runner for my game of the year. We're in March early on, but boy, it's going to be, I think I'm going to bring it back. Uh, at the end of the year, you'll he'll be talking about this game at the end of the year because it is that much crack for me. The art is phenomenal. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful game. This is a node-based, ostensibly a roguelike, but not really. I mean, you're going on runs. The game talks about going on runs, but I'm still in, I did one run and I, you know, I'm, I'm at the end of the content for the uh, pre-release version, the uh, uh, early access version. So it's not like, you know, you die a lot and and come back. You're composing a party of three characters. Each character has a deck. That deck is their attacks and defenses. You go into battles on this uh, grid-based system. It's kind of like, um, you know, kind of like a Slay the Spire, which I love, uh, or like a Hearthstone with um, with multiple characters. And each character's deck you get to constitute uh, you are unlocking cards by earning experience points and uh, building these, I think the best talent tree system ever done in a game is in Gordian Quest. Why? Because you have a square that's that's situated like a diamond. So a square rotated, what is that, 45 degrees? Um, so it looks like a diamond. And there are nodes... On that di- uh, in that diamond that are also diamond shape, and you can buy them when you've achieved enough to level up. And then once you've bought four talent uh, nodes in your in your tree, you get the option to add another of those big diamond shaped squares to your grid in one of three different subclasses for the class that you're playing. And you do this for all your characters. So I started as a ranger, which is so rad. Uh, but there's all kinds of different... There's a bard, there's a warlock, there's a wizard, there's a, a, a druid. There's all kinds of different characters. And they play really, really different. And you can have up to three of them in your party. The ones that you unlock are all in your guild. So you can reconstitute your party at any time, level up whichever ones you want. So you're making lots of decisions. And you get to add new squares in these three subclasses and each of the subclasses has its own cards that will give different kinds of attacks different flavors of defense and the coolest thing about this is you get to place that new diamond anywhere you want as long as it touches a side of a diamond you've already placed so let's say if you imagine in your mind this square that's placed like a diamond and you're buying nodes in it, and you reach an edge on one side. So then you open up a new square, which you can then place where you want, but you kind of maybe want to place it on an edge that you've already reached, so you can you don't have to buy a lot of other talents to get to that new square you just unlocked. But maybe the coolest nodes on that new square 
aren't on the same side that you moved already toward. So maybe you want to move, place it over here on this side because the coolest nodes that, that give you the the biggest upgrade to your character, you can get to quicker by going this other direction. Can I pause, so you're, can, like, can I pause you real quick? No! Did yes, it already. I want to, uh, so this sounds fascinating, but this is the, like the mechanics, right? Like I want to zoom out. You kind of touched on it and you're like, it's a roguelike, but you don't, cause you don't, I haven't died. Like what's, what's the end? It's a big role-playing game. You're fighting bad guys. You're moving through this, this undead or taking over the world. Is you're there moving like an through end? nodes and you're fighting, huh? There's a story. Yeah. It's okay. a big role-playing game story, but it's all card-based combat, turn-based combat. You're, you're playing decks, uh, hands or cards out of your deck to do attacks, to do defense, um, wildly different mechanics based on the classes, three different classes in your party at any given time. So much fun, so cool. You can have summons, you can put turrets on the on the board, you can have uh, bears and lions and uh, wolves, and you can add... I mean, there's all kinds of really cool traps. Uh, I mean, it is so many options, so many cool things, so much flavor... The cards play with each other in really awesome ways. They all have interesting mechanics. This cool talent system, which Christian seems completely uninterested in, is, I think, really a huge part of what makes it special. You're unlocking new items. The way the items work, items are a card as well. Uh, or they actually, that's not true. The items are items, but they each of them has a card that they bring into your deck because you've, uh, you're using that item. There's also gems that you can slot onto items that make them more powerful but the way that the the item that you get becomes a card and so you're judging which item you want to use based on the card that it brings into your deck and anybody can use any item so you can have a fighter use a magic wand that gives you magic uh the ability to do magic so you have it's just so much variety so it's got good writing it's got amazing art the fights are fun and exciting, and it's so good. It is so good. It is so smartly designed. There are a lot. I play a lot of these kinds of games. I play a lot of card-based battling games. It's my favorite <laughs> genre. I love it. Slay the Spire at all, right? It is those, and I, you've heard me talk about n- numerous ones on this show. I love them. I will continue to play them. Gordian Quest is one of the very best it is extraordinary and the, the the thing that kills me about this game is that it has no voice acting like i want to volunteer to voice act this game for them i will do i will do all the voices i'll even do the women if you want yeah i'll do it i want to make this game better more people need to play gordian quest it's phenomenal i love it and that's just based oh go ahead lana I was just going to say epic open world in the chat said it's awesome because you don't have to play as a roguelike which i think is really uh, interesting. Right. Um, so if you're not yeah. into roguelikes, it it's not mandatory. Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't, it, it only feels like a roguelike as much as you want it to. And there's different modes, but it can feel like this big grand role-playing game because there's a big story. You're meeting cool characters. There's great art for the characters. They're, you know, feeding you into the story. You're doing side quests. You, you have, you know, supplies that you use up as you move around the map. So you have to be strategic and knowing how far away from home base you want to get before you start using your supplies. There's cool story nodes that you get to that make you uh, do uh, skill checks. I mean, it's very 
D&D. There's like D20 imagery all over it. Like you roll for initi- um, initiative when you start a battle with physical D20s that you see on the screen. Um, and then you, you'll you go in, you'll have these, these skill challenges where it'll be like, okay, you have to run past a, a trap. Each of your characters needs to do it. It's based on this stat that they have, but you can boost it by using one of your cards. It's just so good. It's so good. It's so good. And that's just based off of early access. Like, I mean, you haven't even... Well, it's very close. Uh, The the third act is not in the game, Hmm. but um, act one and two are the only only two I've played, but they are awesome. awesome. This is a... Do not miss this game. If you like Slay the Spire or any game like it, Gordian Quest is should be on your must playlist. It is that good. Yeah. Dang. I, I, you know what I never do? I never, ever, ever, ever write Steam reviews. I wrote a Steam review for Gordian Quest. I was like, this game is amazing. I love this game. I, 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 people need to play Gordian Quest. It's so good. I think it's like 20 bucks. You know, it's not not an expensive game. All right. I'm waiting for the Jeff Kanata VO patch to come out until I play it personally. If anybody knows how I can get in in touch with these people, I will. I want to do the VO for their game. Uh, I don't I won't do all of the characters, but let me do most of them and let me call my friends and we'll figure it out how to do all of the characters. Um, all right. Because it deserves it needs to it needs it, it like the writing is strong and it, it could be improved with VO, but it's. It's a good game. All right, I want to uh, talk about something else because there's another big game that came out this week that I've been playing, and uh, it is a virtual reality game! Virtual reality. The Climb 2 is an Oculus Quest exclusive for the moment. But it just came out on March 4th, and I picked it up for my Oculus Quest 2. Uh, and Christian, were you a fan of The Climb? Did you play The Climb? I was a fan of The Climb for its novelty. Um, it, it was like one of it was such an early VR game. Um, did it launch with the first uh, uh, Oculus? Do I remember? Am I, yeah, no, the, I think with it the made the controllers. Rift or yeah yeah, maybe you use the hands it was yes but at the time it was revolutionary i have not gone back to it but i do remember being like this is what it's about kind of yeah uh well the climb 2 just came out uh it it, it's basically more climb (laughs) which is a very very excellent um vr game and a lot of people have used what the climb kind of introduced and made it standard as a subset of a larger game you know it's the climb is just climbing from handhold to handhold, grabbing onto things, moving up, up, up. And a lot of games, you know, where there's a ladder or you know, you're able to move around and climb and certain things will just sort of use that methodology in a larger, different kind of game. The climb is just climbing and you are playing as a free climber. You know, you have to, uh, in the professional mode, there's a casual mode that lets you just sort of enjoy the game. The, the sort of professional mode, as they call it, you need to worry about stamina for each of your hands. They'll, they'll, they'll tire if you're only holding by one hand. Uh, and you need to chalk them up by holding a button and shaking your hand. But that's basically the whole game is get to the top of something, climb the thing, climb the mountain, climb the cliff, climb the building. 
and uh, there's just more levels, which is great. Uh, it's really pretty game. I don't. I mean, it's not going to wow anybody that's seen you know cyberpunk on max settings or whatever, or Last of Us Part Two. But it, for VR and for a standalone headset, I think very pretty. And part of the joy is getting to the top of a thing and looking at the cool vista, or hanging from the side of a mountain and looking back behind you and seeing the cool, beautiful, naturalistic setting that you're in. It does all that real well. There's little critters that'll fly by, a chipmunk that'll run across your view. So it's got a lot of flavor. And this one adds some cool stuff like zip lines and um, uh, ropes that I don't think were in the first one. I don't remember them being in the first one. Uh, So it's cool. It's more of a very good thing. And I think that's very good. Uh, so I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm glad I bought it. I'm, I'm digging it. The one thing I wish the first game had, and I wish they had added in the second game, is like you get to the top of the thing, and then in your ear you hear like woohoo, and it shows your stats and your time, and you know it's all about sort of beating your time. And you know I, I t- tend to put both my hands up in the air when it says woohoo, and I'm standing there on the cool vista, and I get this cool you know 360 degree view of the mountain or whatever. But I wish it let you like parachute off at that point, you know. I wish it let you like jump Assassin's Creed style or some cool reward. We've been talking about rewards a lot this episode, but a cool reward for getting the top would be to like leap off of it in some way, but it doesn't. Anyway, that's the climb two, uh, which is uh, I think a, a very good VR purchase. If you have an Oculus quest, uh, which is it is exclusive to at the moment, but I want to mention one other thing and I want to mention it because Lana's here. I said uh, you, you have been trying to get me to play Outer Wilds for a long time. And I mentioned, every time it's come up, basically, boy, if that game was in VR, I would play it. Well, it turns out I got an email from a guy uh, named Daniel Sunshine. Oh, who, beautiful name. Yes, who uh, was a ray of sunshine in my world. Unbeknownst to me, somehow I missed this, but unbeknownst to me, back in August, someone released a mod for Outer Wilds that makes it entirely playable in VR. Yo. And it's really well done, this mod. It's really good. It adds full uh, motion control support. All your, you know, your, um, the sound equipment that you use and everything, like it's on your hip, you can pick it up and use it. So it supports both the Steam version of Outer Wilds and the Epic Store version. It doesn't support the free Microsoft Store version that I have because I have Game Pass, but that's okay. I repurchased, or not not re, but purchased for the first time because I've been playing it on Game Pass. Purchased Outer Wilds specifically to give this a shot on steam the mod was a little finicky to set up i wasn't going to bring this up until i played more of the game but because lana's here i wanted to mention it this vr version of outer wilds is amazing the fact that this is a mod just a, a fan mod it's super easy to install and it makes the game completely playable in vr you have all the flight controls, you have all the walking around controls, you walk up to people, the text kind of appears below you and hovering in space. It, the, you have little alien hands with three fingers that you can manipulate stuff with. It's the full game. 
gorgeous, all around me, exactly as I wanted. So I'm playing Outer Wilds. I basically just started it. Uh, I haven't played enough really to to say if it has changed my opinion, but I'm a man of my word. I said, if it's in VR, I'll play it. And so I'm so, playing it. So happy for you. I'm so happy for you. Yo, the game is still like up in my top of all time. It is so good. Oh, I just hope you love it so much. It is the bomb. I'm very excited. I've I've put in about 30 minutes in the headset so far with it. And I like I it took my breath away when I first loaded the game up because I never thought the game looked very good, but you start at that campsite with that other little alien creature and having that alien creature in 3D right in front of me, the same size as me, I was like, wow, this game's beautiful. I'm in this world moving around. I honestly the, the implementation is really good with the move controls, with the hand, you know, motion tracking your hands and everything. I kind of wish they had an option just to let me still use the controller because I think more v- people would enjoy VR if you just let me play with a controller sitting down but have the the s- feeling of the immersion from the head-mounted display. Like, Subnautica does that, and I loved it. But anyway. I'm deeply curious as to what controlling the spaceship is going to feel like. like I'm oh, wait- I've done it. I did oh, it a little okay. bit. I in the, in and- the ship? Yes, I crashed into multiple planets uh, okay. because I couldn't figure out how to land. But <laughs> it's it's cool. Uh, you, I mean, it, it it has a really cool tutorial, like a VR tutorial thing that pops up context when you pop in a thing. It says, "Okay, this is how you do it." It, it. it works really well. I mean, you you pitch and yaw, and you know, do your thrusters, and it, because you use the sticks on the, um, or at least I'm using my index controllers that has thumbsticks. So it, it's it's like the the dual analogs on a controller um but you have to you know hold thrusters and with your index fingers and stuff it's cool it's really cool oh man that is so well done i cannot wait to hear more about it i will say one thing and this is what i say to everybody you like you've seen like the model of like all the different planets and things and you've played it a bit yeah i say anybody who's like thinking about quitting go to the twin planets and just look around It's just All so right. just in case for some reason you're like, I still hate puzzles and greatness. You can <laughs> go it does sound like me. Go to the twin planets and just watch what happens. That's all. Just don't I'm quit, so excited. Though. I'm, I'm so really excited. Exci- I'm really excited to play it. I I've I've fallen in love with the look and feel because that's kind of what I was like, eh. Um, because now it's all around me. And that first moment, there's I mean, not to spoil, but right at the very beginning, there's a thing where you look at a statue. And it turns and looks at you and then it like makes these blue beams come mm-hmm. at your face and shows you like stuff that you've done. Imagine that in VR where the blue beams are actually coming at you and going past you. Oh it's gosh. so cool. I was like, wow, how did they do this with a mod? It's really, really cool. So if anybody wants to play Outer Wilds in VR, it is possible and I'm going to be playing it. So uh, I'm super excited for this mod. And thank you, Daniel Sunshine. For letting me know. I can't believe I didn't know about it. It's been out since August. Amazing. Lana, I have I have bad news for you, though. Oh. Um, you're going to be waiting a long time for Jeff to talk about how he finished it because he'll be like, I wanted to, but Gordian Quest is I just know, Gordian joke. Quest is really good. You know, so that's yeah, the If they come out with Act 3 of Gordian Quest, all bets are off. I feel I feel <laughs> good about it because it's in VR. So, like, I feel like yeah. you you can't go too long before you're like, I need that VR hit, baby. And it's going to be, yeah. It. It's, it's uh, I was like, 
I literally got my wish in August and I didn't know. I could have been planning Nothing it this whole time. Nothing else was happening. I don't know why you didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Under a rock. <laughs> anyway, you were the first person I thought of when I, when, I, when I was like, well, I guess I'm playing it. I guess I finally have to have Lana back on it. Yes. Talk to her about it. Beautiful. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Uh, we do have parting gifts coming up, though. So stick around for those. Lana Bashinsky, you are the best. The best. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't deal with Paul as well. Thank you so much for inviting me. I always say it every time, but I really love being here. It's very nice to, I feel like more like I've met you because oh, I can see your time. face. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. yeah. It is. It's nice. Um, I take all the credit for doing it. <laughs> Christian, <laughs> you're, you're, you're all right as well. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Tell folks where they can uh, follow you and all the great things that you do online. Um, the best place to follow me online to see all of the things I'm doing is on Twitter. I am at Latienai, that is L-A-T-I-E-N-I-E. Um, but I do have some other things coming up that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, one of the things is I... They're, so they're sort of connected. So uh, I'm running, helping to facilitate an animation conference fully online fully um free it's all through twitch but we have such an incredible lineup of speakers um julie Ka has been doing a ton of the work mike jung bluth as well and uh, i'm really excited to be a part of it uh you can look up all the details on the animation conference if you are interested in it's not animation it's animation it's game development with an, a heavy animation focus all the details about the schedule and stuff are on animstate.com um, but I also am uh, hosting a game show as a part of the conference, which is March 24th through 26th on Twitch um, with the Rat or the Riot Animation team. And it is called Whose Rat Is It Anyway? And I am your host, Shrew Carey. And it's going <laughs> to be very fun and very oh silly. And so I encourage you to check that out. Um, you can check out any of the details about the Rat uh, on Twitter as well, at rat animators nice that's great yeah. also it, it was it's not my uh my parting gift but i have to say your sister's band is amazing and i am they have a new video out for the song fine honeys so which good. is so good so good although i i have to wonder how long it took to get the honey out of their hair after they poured it on themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And like whose garage they set on fire. <laughs> I know. I was legitimately worried that part. I was like, I watched the video and I was like, safe. Hey, <laughs> but like, it was like indoors. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's not safe. Like, it was fine. It was like, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, the video for fine honeys is great. That's also not my parting gift, but you should check it out. So uh, Bad Buddy is my sister's band. Um, their album's out on Spotify, all the streaming services. And the new video is amazing. They are ridiculously good at making hooks. Yeah, their yeah. songs have such strong hooks. Really good. Yeah. Christian Spicer, what about you? Uh, any th- is there any, I don't know, comic book related thing I should hear about? Uh, well, I wrote and created my first comic book. It's called Consequences. Yeah. And, okay, are we doing comic books just like... How no, we're saying goodbye. Okay, sorry. This is how we're saying goodbye, but I'm going to mention it as many times as I can because if Jeff tees me up, I'm going to take it and run with it. Um, you can find it. Uh, I have it pinned on my Twitter. 
I have it on my website, christianspicer.com. You can go to kickstarter.com and search for uh, my name or consequences. Um, legit, super, super proud of this book. And it's, uh, I love comics. I love the visual medium of it. And each panel here, there's, you know, things going on. Everything's intentional. So I would, I would love uh, your support in helping to bring this to the world. I will say it, the the book itself, like the digital pages are done. So, you know, there's always risks with Kickstarters, but this isn't like, I'm going to write this thing and we're going to make it like it's done. Um, the pieces are there. Um, I've seen uh, new um, renders of the pins that JP Kuvert's making that are awesome and fun. JP, if you're still hanging out with us here live, I'm going to ask you uh, for another fun one too, for some stretch goal stuff. Um, so stuff's coming together and I'm super proud. I like proud how you use our podcast to talk to the he people one on one. He's here right no, now. It's very good. No, it's a good chat. use of Thank It's you. a great use of time. It's a great use of it everyone's is. time. It's the best no, use I of appreciate time. It. It's the yes. best use of time. Um, it's called Consequences. And you can follow me on Twitter at Spicer. And this week, you can hear me uh, a couple of other places. Um, this most last week's What's Good Games, I got to be on there and talk to those wonderful folk. I'll, we did a bunch of Pokemon talk, which was awesome. And I'm going to be hanging out um, with Khalif this week. I think Wednesday is when it goes live on Spawn on Me, um, which I'm super looking forward to. I, I love, I mean, he's been on this show a bunch. Um, and I, I love what he does. And I love Spawn on Me. And I'm super excited to to join him on his show um, to talk about that. And then I did a WandaVision spoilers chat. Um, let's see your friends unite. So if you wanted to hear some WandaVision spoilers, I think that comes out Friday. But go back this comic book. Go back this comic book. It'd mean the world to me. It's called Consequences. It's real good. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. We love getting your emails here at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Anything you want to mention, comment on, question us about, any games you'd like to see covered, send us an email. We appreciate it. Also, if you want to hear me talk about other things, I'm back to podcasting if my voice holds out. We'll see. Slash Filmcast is where I talk about movies and TV shows. You can find that at slashfilmcast.com. Should be a fun one. We are talking WandaVision this week. Should be a good discussion there. Uh, I do a comedy science show called We Have Concerns. You can learn something about science and laugh along the way. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. Um, uh, we're trying to bring the dungeon run back. I'm hoping to have a, an announcement about that relatively soon. But uh, in the meantime, if you haven't checked out the dungeon run, check out the dungeon run. It's on YouTube. It's also available as a podcast. Just search for the dungeon run. Uh, also fan controlled football. I do a companion show to fan controlled football, which is Madden in real life. Amazing. It's on Thursdays at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash FCF. All right. Let's get this show in the can by giving you our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Lana, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I... Definitely do. As always, I have a horrible time choosing, so I'm going to like fire off a couple. <laughs> uh, number one is Consequences. Hey, I think you should back it. Uh, it's it's funded, but there are stretch goals. And uh, this is Christian's comic that I am saying again. But I, I am so excited that I got asked by Christian to help contribute to this. Uh, it was one of the most intimidating uh, charcoal pieces I've ever done. And wow. I'm really 
I just, I, it's a fictional character. Usually I'm like, here's some pretty explicit reference of X person's face. And then I draw it. And this was, um, just something I haven't done in this, this medium ever. And so I was really excited about it. I'm still so excited about it. And so it's so I, good. Uh, it's, it I have a tease up showing, this isn't a cover, but it's like a kind of a work in progress. And you can see a little bit of the charcoal. And I think I shared a full thing that I took on my picture as an update on the Kickstarter. Um, I think to your point, one, you're an incredible artist. Um, and two, it is, it, it's mind blowing that like, this is a fictional person that like the fuzz on her beanie and the, the puff jacket and the zipper and the detail, not to say like your Furiosa isn't incredible, but that I look at and I'm like, that's a photograph. I know it's not, but my head does the shortcut. Like that's a photo. There's no photo uh, of Kara that exists. Um, and your work is exquisite. You're the best person and I hate you. So thanks for uh, being good at everything. <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. That's pleasant. I don't think Christian knows how compliments are supposed to work. No, I do work. because Lana said she's not good at taking compliments. So I slip one oh, in and then I, I neg. And no, I'm sure on. that Feels makes good. her feel you know lots what? better. Balance. Balance. <laughs> um, yeah, I appreciate that. I have some very special reference photos of myself in my snowboard gear. Maybe. Oh, that's awesome. Like to you. <laughs> anyway. That's uh, like, uh, oh God, what's the guy? Never mind. Go ahead. I couldn't uh, think of it. Go ahead. Um, the other uh, thing I want to say is there's a band that I've been listening to a ton called The Orion Experience. They had one song called The Cult of Dionysus that popped it up in my Spotify playlist or whatever. Forever ago. And I've listened that to that one song so much. I'm bad at listening to music. Never occurred to me to listen to the album. All of their music is incredible. And like, just there's like silliness to it, but it's not like it doesn't feel silly to listen to. I I love I love their music. I love it. The Orion Experience, all their albums. They just dropped one apparently, um, but they're great. Um, uh, another sort of podcast. If you can't get enough of uh, talking about games, my buddy Alex Nyman just started Nine Man Gaming. Uh, it's a YouTube channel. They have short episodes where they talk about various games. I was on one where we talked about Valheim. They're like 15, 20 minutes long. And uh, they also have interviews coming up with devs. Uh, Alex Nyman and I work together at Blizzard. So there's like a lot of Blizzard devs sort of in these early stages. But he's got a lot of stuff coming out, a Soulsborn episode coming out soon. And um, it's it, they're great. I really like them. Bite size, really great to like turn on in the morning when you're like brushing your teeth or whatever like 20 minutes of, of game dev talk. It's really fun. So really take a while to brush your teeth. They're th thorough. Look at these thorough. 20 Think minutes every that? morning. That's pretty By good. Two minutes. Get out of here. Quip. I'm, imp I'm impressed. <laughs> Please don't get out of here. Quip. Continue. To I'm just kidding. Us. Quip. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and, uh, finally I was actually, I wrote this in there just in case Squarespace was it, uh, whatever it's called. A sponsor. sponsor? Yeah. Uh, Not this week. But I had to make a website. I made it for my mother, Laura Bashinsky, who is an artist. She does uh, incredible acrylic and watercolor paintings. And we just finished it um, recently. And for the first time ever, you can purchase my mother's art online. And she does wow. beautiful acrylic paintings. Tell she me also the URL. Where am I going? It right is laurabashinsky.com. She has... L-A-U-R-A? Yes. L-A-U-R-A, Bashinsky.com. I would say she has an overwhelming number of paintings in her gallery so we made a section there that says for sale uh so if you click for sale you can see all the oh, art this is a beautiful site first Square of all space. beautiful site took me a long freaking time to she put has that music in. too yes my mom is also a musician um 
she is like folk gospel. How do you have the coolest mom? Uh, yo, in the year, in 2019, my parents were like, I think we need to take our band Spirit Line on tour. And they booked 40 shows across Canada and rented a car, or te- like per- temporarily purchased a car and flew out to the East Coast and did 35 of the shows. And then, and then COVID hit and they had to shut down their tour. It was insane. My parents are 60 and they were like, going on tour with the, the band. People. How are you the coolest awesome. family? This is amazing. Your mom is an artist and a musician and you're an artist and your sister's a musician. So that, that feels, I mean, that's very, that's very like WandaVision where like the kids have the exact powers as the parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this right. is phenomenal. Right. Except your looking- mom, your mom looks at you each day, you and your sister and it's like, I'm both of you. I have both. <laughs> Uh, what else are you guys gonna do? I I'm thought you were. You. I thought you were supposed to one up me. Come on, I'm sixty. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, yeah, she's super, super talented. Love my mom. I'm ordering a print. Oh, I don't know. I can't decide. There's too many good ones. I don't think they're they're prints. They're originals. So if you oh, buy they are one, all original. Oh, sold out. Yeah, I can see that. Sold out. Sold out. Sold out. I will tell her. Like eventually, she'll make prints. She has some that are our prints, but she hasn't done it in a long time, and she's, you know. We made the website. Wow. My mom did all the uploading of those paintings. I was like, "This is that- incredible!" It goes and goes and goes. Yeah, this is the Squarespace ad, and I'm sorry. I know we've been talking a lot for this show, but this is it. My mother, who once tried, like, called my mo- my sister home from school because she couldn't get her mouse working because she was using it this way. <laughs> okay, because she thought the mouse tail came out. My mom uploaded sense, all those photos herself like uploaded made all of the store pages like my mom can use it it's easy it's beautiful and <laughs> then she, after after this she went to bed in her brooklyn and sheets i get it it all ties together yeah. <laughs> <laughs> current sponsor um yeah i think short retro chickens uh i think uh sh- short uh little perusal not enough give enough time but my favorite so far is old france bicycle yeah. Which is sold out. Yeah, that one's beautiful. This is great. But also, great. if you wanted anything, you could contact my mom and be like, please, can I have it? And then she <laughs> might take like, it from the okay. person who bought it from her? I mean, some of them, they're just in my parents' house. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Sold out. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, delightful. Delightful. This is, this is why we have you back, because you are delightful. Um, I have a parting gift. Oh, please, go ahead. I will. <laughs> the... Wait, did you 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 haven't gone yet? Never mind. No, go ahead, I thought Jeff. you were going to do consequences as well. Go ahead, yeah. Christian. Go ahead. Hmm. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Go. I was just going to say, last week tonight remains excellent. It's real good still. Um, it, maybe people fell off because of this whole pandemic. I will also say to toot our own horn. I think I can talk about this. I'll still be vague. Um, Jeff and I worked on a failed pilot that uh, wasn't looks, failed. It, it it was it. It just I don't know wasn't how to successful. It. Yes, correct. That's, that's, I mean, I can fail. be vague. It was uh, not the pilot's fault that it was <laughs> failed. Um, it didn't go. But man, it looks like last week tonight now. It sure, we uh, we were ahead we of our did, time. Yeah, we did last week tonight without, uh, we we did, we yeah, we did a, a, a pilot kind of like that. Yeah. 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 But we didn't have, obviously, didn't have a studio audience or set. So we did basically what they're doing now. <laughs> Yeah, ahead of our time, time. we're like, oh, it needs a studio audience in the set, and then we went, oh, I guess you know nobody has that with the pandemic anymore. 
but John Oliver anyway. remains at the top of the game, in my opinion. And uh, if you've fallen off, go and check it out. He's uh, talking about important things, and he does it in in ways that um, you know will entertain you as well. Yes, Jeff, do you have a parting gift? <laughs> I do. It's a book. It's a book. I have gone too long since uh, uh, without reading. Uh, reading is is I need to read, and I I I miss reading. I since having my second child, I haven't really read a book. It's really pathetic. And if you're like me and you haven't read anything for pleasure, any fiction for pleasure in a while, I have the perfect book for you because I read it uh, just a couple of days ago. I read it in two sittings. You can probably read it in one sitting because you're probably a faster reader than I. It's a very short book. It's a novella. Uh, And it will remind you what reading for pleasure is about how delightful an experience you can have reading. This is a book called All Systems Red. It's the first of the Murderbot Diaries by uh, Martha Wells, who is a great author. Uh, And this is a science fiction story. Uh, The basic premise is, what if the Terminator, but the Terminator hated his job, and also the book is written by the Terminator? So you're inside the head of the Terminator who hates his job. I um, mean, it's not the actual Terminator, but it's a murder bot in the same sense that the Terminator's, the only function of this <laughs> robot is to go and kill things, but it's bored and it would rather just watch TV. It's so fun, so funny. I'm not even doing it justice. It sounds, the way I said it is kind of goofy. It's not goofy. It's super cool really cleverly written and you can read it so fast it'll hook you and then there's six more murder bot stories after that uh check it out it's called all systems red murder bot diaries one on kindle i bought it for four dollars so there you go all right we have a listener suggested parting gift this comes to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com it comes from brian who writes hello jeff christian and guest writing in to tell you about a movie my wife and I watched last night that left us feeling puzzled, but in a good way. I'd highly recommend skipping the trailer and going in blind. I always do that. We watched a movie last night called Bliss, starring Owen Wilson and Selma Hayek, and it even has a cameo from Bill Nye. This is one of those movies that is hard to explain without giving away any spoilers, but I'll give it my best shot. Owen Wilson plays a character who is going through some very serious personal battles. He meets Salma Hayek at a bar who claims she can fix all of his problems. Salma and Owen then proceed to spend the movie trying to escape the problems of the world in a semi-The Matrix-esque approach. Again, it's hard to describe without spoiling. However, I think the movie is successful in touching on the serious topics it wants to talk about while keeping the overall message in a fun, entertaining, and sci-fi way. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Brian. That is called Bliss. I think it's on, isn't that on Netflix? I think, I think. Amazon, I think. Uh, Maybe it's Amazon. Anyway, streaming on your streaming service. If you'd like to have your parting gift right on our show, you can send it to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. But that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Lana Bashinsky and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those cool bumpers. Thank you to our live viewers who are hanging out with us, watching the video version in real time. We appreciate you. And thanks to each and every one of you who tune in. We appreciate you very much. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, 
Think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.